It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast was recorded on, I think, I don't know. I'm trying to remember, and I I can't remember when we recorded this podcast, folks. I, I'm so sorry. you're doing but here on post show recaps we're having the worst day ever it's worst day ever here on post show recaps the 24 season one recap podcast i'm josh wiggler and i'm joined here by um uh gosh i just <laughs> i can't remember my co-host wipes the dirt off of one side of what's their your name face. what's your name i can't hello? remember your name hello hello I hello I can't remember your name. Who? It's me, Emily Fox. Emily, Emily Fox. I'm sorry. I just temporarily, inexplicably forgot who you were because you crumpled folks, to the ground. My gosh. What? My goodness. What was that? Friends, countrymen, listen. <laughs> post show recaps listeners. Listen. 24 fans specifically. It has happened, it has arrived. We have reached the Terry Bauer gets amnesia storyline. And I'm so happy that I don't have to hide that from you anymore, Emily. It's it's unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming like basically right off of having just watched it. <laughs> yeah, I took a five minute break, much like Kim and Terry take throughout this entire hour and yeah. the last hour as well. Yes. They keep taking five minute breaks and then being like, you know what? I'm ready to tell my story again. No, you know what? We need another. You break. know what? I'm not ready to do it because you're screwing your boss, Nina, <laughs> aka my husband. Listen, Did you know that they are the same person? So, like, I want to cut Terry a break because obviously she's been through a lot. There's a lot going on with Terry There's Bauer. A There's on. a lot going on with 24 right now. This is episode 16. It's the 3 to 4 p.m. episode. We can take our time on this one. Clock is off here for episode 16. I don't expect we'll be here for two hours, though. I suspect that it's possible that you have two hours worth of content to I say do. about this I one. I think I really do. Yeah. You feel, <laughs> you're really feeling the groove right now. I've been now. working a lot lately. Um, and, 
you know, even today I knocked out a bunch of stuff for for a client, and then Josh was like, "Yeah, we gotta watch. We gotta this. do twenty four. You like, know, you know what? Okay, I can kick my feet up. I can pour myself a glass of wine." And Josh was like, "I think that's a really good idea. I think that's a very good idea. So you've d- done d- that. You, so you knew that this was coming, and that's partially why you were like potentially a worthwhile move. So. Because normally I watch this, on, I don't know, on like a Saturday afternoon with right. you or, you know, we knock it out really fast. We're doing a Sunday. We did like we saved it for like a Sunday night yeah. record. Yeah. Uh, which like <laughs> it was like a little bit of like a mood thing. Um, right. But I work on Sundays. So. Right. I was kind of like, all right. Yeah, let's 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 do it. You know what? OK, cool. I'll pour myself a glass of wine. Yes. I can watch this. Yes. And then I just sat here. <laughs> Transfixed. Incredulously. And yes. it was like. I'm tired. I know these people are tired. <laughs> They've been awake for so a long, very long time. So long. But the three to four o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. Episode 16 of season one of 24. I got to tell you, 16 is my favorite number. It is. A very special episode <laughs> of 24. This is the one where Terry Bauer gets amnesia. I, I really... Terry Bauer in this episode of uh, the... Emmy-winning television series 24. Mm, they didn't watch this episode, gets did they? Amnesia. When did they win Emily, the Emmy? this is, I think, this plot line, like, sort of, like, classically, because, like, people, like, uh, I've said it before, the sixth season of 24 is, like, full-on trash. Okay. To the point that uh, Post Show Recap's patron, Mike Edwards, has been crushing seasons of 24, and he just finished season five, and he said... When you were done with season five, let me know and I will spoil you on season six so you don't have to okay. watch it. Okay. It's that bad. So like that season is obviously very not good. Um, but like forgiving like the sort of like popular opinion and frankly correct opinion that like the second half of twenty four as a franchise is clearly weaker than the first half. Okay. Um this storyline that I've been waiting for you to get to, that Terry Bauer is going to get amnesia and it's the start of a story. Uh, that I've been so <laughs> excited for you to see um, is... I'm scared that you're calling it the start of a story. It's the start of Rather a story. Rather than just an anecdote. No, we're in the Terry Bauer has amnesia story now. Oh, um, and no. I don't mind telling you that we will be in this for just a little while at least. Well, so uh, we, we were in the car. People, Emily, the point being... Sorry, sorry. The point being that people believe this to be at least a top three worst storyline in 24. All right, so we're there. Or most ridiculous storyline mm-hmm. in 24, mm-hmm. I think is probably... And we're there. And I'm so happy that we're here. It's ridiculous. I made a and joke. And I've been so excited for you to get to this moment. Yeah, you kind of warned me that you were like, there's some interesting content coming your way. Yes. And I was like, oh, kind of like in Oz when there's like that crazy problematic plot line in like... Which one? Specify. The uh, one where all of them go on an experimental drug. Right. <laughs> and some of them like accidentally get older. Yeah, like it, it's like, a medicine ages that them. ages them. Yeah, yeah. This is on like that uh, quote unquote prestigious <laughs> HBO drama Oz. Someone takes medicine that makes them accidentally old. Yeah. Where they like end up with gray hair overnight. And you're like, that's not even like physiologically yeah, this is, possible. <laughs> this is this is this is a companion to that, I would say. Like this is in that same well, no, family. Here, it's part of that, re- you know, it's a relative of that. This is something I said to you, Josh, uh as it was happening, that a lot of the cases in unsolved mysteries are of people that went missing randomly. They wandered off, they were, you know, pretty normal, they didn't have many issues from what people could tell. They kind of disappeared into the ether. 
this is how this happens. Like temporary amnesia. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are a few that got solved where it's sudden like, amnesia, where they're like, John actually was was found by his family. He's from Saskatchewan. <laughs> uh-huh. He wandered over the border sure, twenty years ago and made yeah. a new life for himself and a new wife. Like that was actually a storyline. Uh-huh. And then like his old wife was like, oh crap, that's John. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't spoil <laughs> this for you. I really shouldn't. <laughs> Uh, but but like it happens come... after a traumatic event. Like you literally, like your brain just like goes into overdrive and you you compartmentalize or whatever. You have like a psychotic break and yeah. you wander off. Like I I I don't dis you know I don't disbelieve that as a thing. Yeah. But also, I don't know. Like what Kim's? It's very like, sudden. The car just explodes. It's very after sudden. Just, like, rolling a down car the rolls hill? down a hill with Kim allegedly in it. It explodes. Terry watches it all, and after the day she has had, uh, passes out. And when she awakes, she has no memory of any of she this. She looks like a piece of laundry that just got discarded. This like, is the way that she flopped to the ground. This is what happens. She just you know it just fully collapses. Uh, and we are now in this uh, much maligned storyline that, like, it is worth noting that, like, I firmly believe that season one of 24 is by far and away the best season of the show. And yet, it contains the Terry Bauer gets amnesia storyline. Every line. rose has its thorn. I suppose that just as every uh, <laughs> night has its dawn, is that how it goes? Or every, every dusk has its dawn? I don't know how the song You're goes. Every cowboy up. sings a sad, sad song. And then the Grim Reaper spins his scythe around and says, every rose has its thorn. Um, we are going to do the recap, Emily. Uh, I'm just so excited to be here with you. I've Wait, been really excited for this. other things happened in this episode? Other things happened in this episode. <laughs> this, was, um, this was so funny when the episode ended because there were a few moments throughout this one where like sometimes I felt like you were a little disconnected from it. And then other times I felt like you were like, um, like magnetized by the incredulousness of what was going on in the episode. Um, and by the end of it, when the reveal is, uh, that Terry has amnesia and Kim is alive and now they are separated. Yeah. Um, you were like this episode, episode 16. I don't even know. I've, I have a lot of issues with this. And then you walked out of the room and you go a (laughs) minus, So it is worth noting that at least at the time, the official score, Emily, you gave this one an A minus. You have some questions. I do. It's obviously still going to be in the A category. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Let's let's address the questions along the way okay. um, without further ado. So yes. it begins at three o'clock. Bob Ellis is at this point <laughs> already dead. Uh, remember, Bob Ellis is the sweaty man in New Orleans, <laughs> who is uh, the guy that both Jack and David know. Who got and killed by a clay cutting kit. Some dude, you ever like, think yeah, about that? That's what happened. It was like the wire cutter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like was like uh, and like strangled him. And if you'll remember. He was killed the, by a potter. The last time we saw <laughs> first name Harry, when we saw uh, the first uh, we, when we saw Jack last, he was on the phone with Bob as Bob was getting killed. This is like 259, 258, 259 p.m. Something like that, I think, is where we leave Jack Bauer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when we begin this episode. Bob Ellis, this guy upon whom they pinned their hopes to like find the Drazens, this guy is dead on the ground in the bathroom. In the, the phone, men's room. In the men's room in, in the, the French, French quarter. quarter. It That's is what important. We heard. Yes. Yes, from uh, Milo later yes. on. Uh, that he is dead. <laughs> Just that one men's room in He's, the French quarter. He, in the, it's, <laughs> the only one. It's 
the only one we were able to got. pinpoint it jack oh my god it's at coops get the fried chicken while you're there uh <laughs> that he is dead and the phone is still on and jack for a solid minute has been saying into the phone hello bob pick up bob pick up the pick phone up, pick up pick up the phone he keeps yelling bob Okay, there's somebody else who's in there. Pick up the phone. He suspects immediately that Bob Ellis is dead. He's correct. He has spent, because this is a show that takes place in real time. He tells you that every episode, you know? In uh, real events occur time. in real time. So you know Paris. that this, this all takes place. At the, after my wife. It all takes place at the same, you know, it takes place in a flow of time. So Jack Bauer in real time has spent at this point about 90 seconds. <laughs> bellowing into the phone. You don't have time for that. Bob, pick yeah. up when he could have been, I don't know, calling the cops, calling the bar, calling anybody. When Calling he's the French Quarter. Every single one Even of multitasking, even like putting the phone down and screaming out the door, Milo, Milo, get in here. I think something's happened to Bob. Call the cops. Anything. He's just screaming into the phone, Bob, are you okay? He's not. He's Bob's dead. He's Jack doesn't call for like two minutes. He's showing his age. Uh, I guess he's tired. You yeah. know, like everybody else. He's if, really exhausted. If he'd gotten a good eight hours of sleep. Uh, Jack, by the end of this episode, is like, I'm really sleepy. I have been stuck inside the office for three hours in a row. Three episodes of Jack Bauer just chilling at CTU, by the way. And he uh, likes to remind Terry like of this. that, too. He's like, if I'm at CTU, if In you case he needed me. He's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, just in case there's new viewers this week who there don't know no, what my office is called. <laughs> there was no Tony this episode. How did you feel no about Tony, that? No Tony. No Tony. You got the week off. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Jack should uh, Jack should have called somebody. Uh, not that he would have saved Bob Ellis, but like uh, just call someone at this point. Maybe you would have caught the killer. Um, so anyway, uh, he does call a contact in New Orleans. Like, go look for my friend Bob. I think something terrible has happened to him. Um, Milo shows up. He gives Jack uh, like these Xerox copies of all of these different assassins uh, and their headshots. There's one guy who Emily just like cracked up uh, looking at. Uh, there's this one dude, like there's the guy from like the hospital who we had already seen right, who plays right. a big role in this episode. There's of course Alexis Dres and is now the name of the hot assassin who Emily questions whether or not he is hot. Uh, and then there's this other guy who's just like there just being like, hey, I'm Gabe. <laughs> and like he is just like you know like is very you know sort of like mundane presence he's just kind of there yeah 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 uh and you were laughing really hard you're like who is that guy <laughs> yeah, i'm like guy. well we'll see him again briefly but yeah. uh anyway so jack now they have like these pictures of people and this i is like that they exciting. printed it out on photo paper that's what i was making a joke with josh about where i was like do you think milo took the time yeah. to like exacto them out of a photo paper yeah like, they're very you know serious about their uh their artwork at ctu um, at the safe house, we're like seeing that there are all these people who are working in like the trees, they're gardening, they're working on like the power lines. They're all obviously like agents who are like stationed to watch that. What house. do you think the tell was? The, of what they were? Yeah. Probably the fact that they kept radioing around being like, <laughs> and also probably saying really loud, like clear spot three, you know, like clear a two. The uh, one guy was just like not mowing in a straight line. Yeah. He was just a hot mess. Yeah, probably also like one of them just like had like his like badge on his belt. He forgot to put it away. 
Uh, here's the thing, like, Emily. It's not that obvious. You would think at a safe house, unless you were me watching. Emily, somebody, it's a. I would be able to figure it, out it's which a, the safe house. It's was. a twenty-four trope, and it's just worth talking about. Okay. That like you know how they talk about like red shirts on Star Trek. You know, like a red shirt is like somebody who was wearing the red shirt that went down on the away mission with like Picard and whoever, like main characters or like Kirk and Spock and then a random guy in a red shirt. And that guy would always die. You knew that okay, guy yeah, would yeah, die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they call them red shirts. Um, like a Tasha Yar. Yeah, no, Tasha Yar was not a red shirt. But Tasha she Yar. Dies. She does die. Sorry. Spoiler alert. I remember for, being so pissed about it. Where Tasha I was like, Yar, Unbelievable. You're a main character. Tasha Yar of Star Trek The Next Generation. It prepared me for everything Sean ever was, was a main character. And so she was not a red shirt. Uh, red shirt is like they show up in the episode and then they're gone. Like Paulson, the CTU agent in this episode, who you kept being like, oh, I hope Sean he doesn't Bean, die. Sean Penn, sorry. I hope he doesn't die. And I kept like internally being like, Emily, obviously he's going to die. Uh, this is what I'm trying to tell you. If like you're just like sort of like a generic CTU employee, like it's very likely you're not going to be around for very long. This well. is sort of a 24 trope. Uh, so here are all these safe house guys. They're just doing their best. Um, where, where do you think this was shot in L.A.? The safe house. Like, where's a smart place to put a safe house? I don't know. House? I don't know where the safe house... I mean, based on, uh, like, where uh, Terry and Kim take the car, feels like they're in, like... Uh, that they're, like, in, like... They're, like, in, like, the... They're, like, in, like, the canyon. Yeah, like, that's what like I was going to say. They're, like, very remote. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not saying... It's the, the canyon. What is it? Like, Topanga? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Rustic Canyon, our uh, favorite restaurant. Topanga, (laughs) Topanga Canyon. Uh, yeah, it's like they're around there is what it seems like, which is like a ridiculous, I guess it's like very out of the way, but if you need to get into a car chase, you can't just like drive in public where you would have witnesses. You have to go down all these like different Canyon roads and be like at the mercy of hitchhiking. I was saying this has a real glass house vibe. It did. Anyway. Uh, so that's where I think that is, but where the house specifically was like shot. I don't know, but that's what it looks like when they get into the car chase. Um, Jack has called for Terry. Just be like, uh, yeah, so my friend just died, but I seem to be like totally fine about that. How are you doing? Like he's called to be like, our last conversation felt a little awkward. And she's like, definitely not withholding information from you. She's like, definitely. She's fine. like, I want to talk to you, but I don't want to talk to you now. He's like, well, why not? And she's like, I'm just not feeling it. He's like, all right, well, when we do talk, like, you better remember everything you have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you better not forget anything that yeah, you need to say. Yeah, this interview with Nina is going to go off the rails in a lot of different ways. You can't remember your own freaking You better name. remember uh, yeah. what it was you wanted to tell me, he oh, says to no. her. Uh, and he tells her, okay, well, in case he says, okay, in case you need me, I'm at CTU. Just remember, if anything bad happens, I'm at CTU. Unbelievable um, now. I can see all the signs. David goes back. <laughs> David Palmer returns to his hotel. It's like 3.06. Agent Aaron Pierce, my guy, is giving a rundown of like the threat assessment. He's showing off like the headshots of all the assassins. And then Elizabeth Nash, the woman who has been seeing Alexis Drazen, sees the headshot of Alexis Drazen <laughs> and does the full like Diane Lane and Unfaithful when she finds out that Richard Gere killed her lover. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Did you kill him? Did you do it? Did you do it? Did you hurt him? Uh, and so like, she's freaking out. And David Palmer, of all people, like clocks that. He's and like, he's like, whoa. Elizabeth, what's wrong? 
uh, and we cut away. But like presumably, they immediately have this conversation. Nina and Kim are uh, having like the the interrogation because Terry needed the time out, but Terry is now ready to come back. Not uh, soon enough because Kim keeps having to talk about how much she likes Rick on the record, and it's weird. It's really weird. Uh, it's and, awkward, and it doesn't make sense. And t- <laughs> and so Terry's like, I'm ready to resume. And so Kim gets the, the, the reprieve, and Terry sits down, and <laughs> Terry starts the conversation being like, Nina, um, we're going to be fine. I'm really sorry about everything. Like, it was unprofessional. Um, you don't have to tiptoe. We were separated, Jack and I. I know you two were dating. It's fine. And Nina's like, well, that's very gracious of you. And I appreciate that because, like, we do have some important information that we need to get to because this has been a very stressful day and uh, lives are at stake. And Terry's like, totally got it. And then Nina's like, okay, so now we're back on the record. Is everything okay? No, it's not, yeah. Nina. It's, you slept with my husband. She goes wild. Off. It's she snaps. wild. She snaps. And again, I'd like to have some empathy for her because she's been, she's through, a been through a lot. She's been through a lot. But she's been through so much. I don't know. The thing I hate about this a ton has happened to the Terry. The thing I kind of hate about this is that it feels like she's being undercut as a character. It doesn't feel like we're shaping her as a real person. It's a little cartoony. Yeah. The approach, yeah. Or like she's a jealous pregnant. Yes. Wife. Yes. And it's like, no, she just went through like horrible trauma. If yeah. anything, she should be like, I'm really exhausted. Nina, thanks for doing the work here. This is a weird circumstance that we're finding ourselves in. Right. Um, I don't love that you slept with my husband, but also like that was a weird time. And like, let's just work together for the sake of like getting these bad guys. And then we can maybe like sort it out at like a Panera later. At a Panera. Of yeah. All get places. a salad or something. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that's not a terrible idea to right? be completely honest with you. Uh, but that's not how it's played. It is instead played as though uh, Terry is just like utterly furious with Nina, uh, having like just like extended the olive branch. Yeah. Uh, she's then maybe the Olive Garden. Yeah, is perhaps is where they wanted Rather to go. Rather than Panera. Uh, and then like she's just like off on her again immediately. So uh, like because like Nina's like I think Kim may be lying to me about Rick. What do you think? Uh, and uh, Terry's like she's not lying. And he goes, are you sure about that? She's like, she's my daughter. I think I know her better than you do, Nina. It's like, oh, no. She's still mad. I mean. Rightfully so, but like, oh, yeah, yeah. I understand being protective of your daughter, but also, I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot. It just it's feels a lot. malicious it's and a intense lot. and a little silly. David Palmer calls Jack Bauer because that's a thing that happens now. Uh, let's start I've there. Got a direct line. It's great. David Palmer and Jack Bauer, great combination. Uh, two great tastes that taste great together. David Palmer calls Jack and says, Jack, hey, so one of my aides has been sleeping with Alexis Drazen. Uh, uh, he, she, he says, like, she knows him is what he says first. And Jack says, uh, are they still in contact? And he goes, oh, they're in contact. And Jack goes, what kind of contact? And David <laughs> says, Intimate. Intimate contact is what uh, Elizabeth Nash and Alexis Drazen are having. Intimate contact. Uh, at this point, while we were watching the episode, I, uh, I <laughs> remarked aloud, I joked aloud, I said, when we get on the podcast, I'm going to say that's the kind of contact we have, Emily. Intimate contact. Uh, at which point, Emily, you said that you would get on the podcast and make a joke about how you and I sleep in a trundle bed. It's true. <laughs> So do you want me to I mean, through? Yeah, or? do you want to make a joke about it or did I I don't know how intimate we can be when one of us pulls out the bed up from underneath <laughs> the other bed. 
on the on the trundle bed yeah. that we have. Good Marriage joke. is a sham. Very good joke. Um, <laughs> Jack uh, Jack says to David that okay, that, well that's great news. We've got a lead because uh, poor Ellis is dead probably. Uh, and uh, David well, Palmer's like, oh news. well that sucks. Like we don't need to lose anyone else. This is tough. Uh, we lost intimate <laughs> contact with Bob Ellis, unfortunately. <laughs> we lost contact with him in 20 minutes ago. In, intimate in contact. The, the one men's room in the French Quarter. Um, so then at one point, uh, this is the end of the first act of the episode. We're obviously taking our time this time. We really are, uh, but And I Jack, love it. like, shouts for Milo. And I hear, I swear to God, I, I, we didn't rewind, so I didn't verify what he said. What I heard him shout at Milo is he goes, Milo! Give me chocolate command. What? That is absolutely not what he said, but that's what it sounded like. And that's what I wrote down in my notes. Milo, give me chocolate command. Sure? Are you sure it wasn't just autocorrected? No. I okay, remember specifically like laughing because then you said out loud, wow, things are really kicking off into high gear, <laughs> which I wrote down and thought was very funny and next to me you, call, uh, thinking that Jack was calling for chocolate command. And uh, then I thought you were laughing at me. So I asked you, I doubled down. Yeah. And, I was and, like, why, are, and now why I are was laughing, laughing so about that, but I was also laughing about the other thing. Um, at 315, we this check in. This is a in, great recap. We're really recapping our feelings. At 315, we check in with Rick, who's at his house with the lava lamps. Uh, Emily loves the lava lamps I at Rick's house. I said he was at a Spencer's gift. At a Spencer's right. gift, you did say that. <laughs> uh, Kim like, keeps calling Rick. This is all whatever. Rick's like, don't call me for a little while because his girlfriend shows up. Uh, so that's awkward. Rick's girlfriend has been introduced as well, folks. Uh, so that's great news. Uh, the Terry and Kim storylines, we're in the sweet spot now. Um, <laughs> that's what you want to call it. <laughs> so Nina is like asking Terry more, and then like Terry is still just going off. This is when Terry says uh, to Nina, like, uh, just do your job, Nina. That's what you're here to do, right? And Nina goes, listen, I have a lot of complicated questions to ask you. And Terry says, well, things tend to get complicated when you screw your boss. Uh, and Nina's like, wow, okay, I don't have to sit here and take that. And Terry's like, I'm sorry, you shouldn't have to take that. But also, it's probably for the best that we stop talking to each other. Uh, so Nina has been kicked off the team. And Terry's like, yeah, you should probably leave. And he was like, I'm going. It was uh, a real rumble of the short hairs. Agent Paulson will take over the uh, the interrogation. Agent from here. Sarah Paulson. Um, George Mason has returned to CTU because Alberta Green has been uh, uh, escorted out of the building. We're done with Alberta Green. I feel bad about that. We know, I don't got think a raw deal. I I don't think we ever see her again on Twenty Four. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty that's sure we never see her again. She's one of those characters that if they ever wanted to do a reboot, like that's a you know like a really you know that's a character who like that's still exists on Twenty Four. Like she's somebody who could come back. I feel bad because I feel like she was typecast as like a really tough woman that like is like difficult to work with. Yes. But like in reality, she was probably working towards getting any kind of like significant yeah. role in the organization. And this was like her time to shine. And then it got like totally ruined by the fact that like Jack was like, actually. Also, like they probably like, yeah, she like gives like Nina and Tony a lot of shit, but they are covering for Jack. Yeah. who's just like running around. She was doing running her job. Yeah, it's true. It's totally true. Um, anyway, George Mason. So that's how you get screwed. George Mason is back. This is Xander Berkeley has returned as George Mason. Of course, you remember George Mason at this point, right? He, it's been a couple hours since we've seen him. Uh, but he was in mostly the early morning hours of 24 season one. Yes. He is back on the show and he is sort of like overseeing the rest of it. Correct. Jack reads him in on everything. He tells him about Operation Nightfall. He tells him about the Drazens. 
tells them about the latest on Elizabeth uh, and Alexis. And Jack uh, floats out this idea. He's like, now I've got a crazy idea. Hear me out. Uh, but what if they meet up? What if we have that's Elizabeth and Alexis meet up? That's not a crazy idea. That's like a classic move. And no one likes this, though. Like George's like, no, that's too far. That's morally repugnant, even though this is like George Mason, the guy that Jack kneecapped with a tranquilizer dart earlier in the day because he had allegedly just like stole a shit ton of money from an operation. Uh, but now we've got George Mason is the one who's like moralizing Jack. Um, David Palmer and Keith Palmer have a beautiful moment. Um, they're at the hotel and David uh, tells Keith, Keith, I'm really sorry. Uh, things have been tough. Things have been very tough lately. It's been a hard day and I have not been there for you. And also just like generally sometimes I haven't really been there for you. And I would like to do better. And I would like you to know that I will always be here for you. And it's this great dad speech. And it's the kind of thing that you always want to hear. And Keith seems so taken with it. He's like, Dad, thank you. Thank you. That's really great. Uh, that's very supportive stuff. And David's like, seriously, like anything you need. And Keith's like, great. Uh, so what about Dr. Ferragamo? And David's like, um, <laughs> well, when I said, remember just a minute ago when I said like you could come to me about anything? And Keith says, yes. And David says, don't, you can't come to me about that yet. And Keith's like, what the hell? And so they get into a fight. So it's like this beautiful moment that swiftly turns into a, a big uh, conflict once again between uh, the two Palmers. Uh, he's like, why have you not called Palmer the cops? Squared. Why haven't you called the police yet? Uh, and David's like, it's, it's, I'm going to do the right thing. I promise it's just not the right time. And so Keith's like, all right, whatever. I'm going to take uh, matters in my own hands later on in this very episode. Um, so the assassin is at the safe house. He's already started uh, doing assassin things. Uh, he's like parked the car. He's killed like a couple of the people <laughs> in the power lines. Like I figured that out. <laughs> I figured out who these guys are. So he's killed all those people. Very Barry of him. He has like the dude who's like sitting in, at the wheel of the car with the helmet on. Who's just like been shot in the side of the head. And he just like leans his head against the window. It's like a uh, like classic ruse of like if anyone walks by, it looks like he's just sleeping. <laughs> Sleeping on the job again, Barry, aren't you? That's the killer uh, like doing a ventriloquist <laughs> for the guy. He's like, wait, was that your actual voice? Yeah, totally. Uh, at 328, uh, Jack Bauer throws a, a fit uh, because he can't log into his computer. It's Which like, is classic move. It's, a, a, it's an incredible, like, okay, boomer moment uh, where he's wow. like, I can't get in. I can't get onto my Don't computer. Don't act like you haven't done that. And Milo is like, did you try your password? And Jack's like, I didn't. Uh, no, he did try his password. He's been downgraded his access. This is yeah. just like another one of those like Jack's in trouble moments. Because he uh, he talks about how he's going to face charges because of all of this. is provisional yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's a good reminder that we have a time limit on this. You yes. need to solve everything or else you're, yeah, you're seeing justice correct uh being brought to justice brought to justice so he's talking to milo about all of this and milo's like are you done venting because i really got to get back to work are you done venting because i have some snacks that need to be and eaten. jack says one last thing uh, has anyone like had access to any like particularly sensitive information on any of the servers and milo's like why do you ask and jack's like uh and milo goes oh do you think that there's still people who are working against us here and on the inside and jack's like i kind of do yeah, uh, so on that's the what side he, of the anaconda snakes. That's what he asks uh, Milo. Um, Keith calls Carl uh, and threatens him, and Carl says, stop threatening me. We'll talk about Dr. Ferragamo if you meet me at Griffith Park. <laughs> uh, I'd like to go to an iconic se setting 
Yeah. And talk to you. And so um, so begins uh, this really strange sequence where Keith convinces Nicole, who has eavesdropped on this phone call, convinces Nicole to help him get past Secret Service so that he can sneak out and go to Griffith Park and deal with Carl on his own. And she does help him. And we, like, watch the full, like, minute and a half process of, like, Keith sneaking out of the hotel suite past Secret Service. It kind of feels like a lost minute and a half. It is, It is like, one of those things where, like, well, it's a real-time show and we need to just, like, put some stuff on TV. Totally, totally. Um, So that's what's going on there. Um, Jack uh, is showing all of, like, the assassin photos to George Mason. uh, Yes. And Elizabeth shows up and, uh, like, Jack and George, like, are talking her through everything and being like, look, uh, we have this idea. Tell us if it sounds crazy. Would you consider meeting up with Alexis Drazen in an hour so that we are able to uh, bust him so we can uh, put a, a tracking device. And on she's him. super nervous. She's yes. like, that doesn't feel great. And we're like, yeah, of course it doesn't feel great. No one likes to put a wire on somebody else. So Elizabeth agrees that she will put the uh, tracking device uh, on him. Do you think she's going to put it in his flowing locks? <laughs> you did have a comment about uh, where she may uh, put the tracking device on Alexis Drazen. I won't say where, let's just say involved intimate contact. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth says she will do this. She's going to be on board with this plan. And Jack's like, well, that's great. We have a lead. Thank God. It's so nerve wracking uh, though. Um, so At least she came forward. I was kind of worried that the show was going to take like a stupid no, turn no. where they were like, she's embarrassed. And no, she's going to try no. to rectify it. They like, wasted it. no time. Like she yeah. sees the picture. She does the right thing immediately. Which I feel great about. Yes. Yeah, so, um, which makes space for <laughs> Terry to completely lose her mind. Right. So Terry and Kim are like now talking to this dude, Paulson, who Emily really enjoyed. You really liked this guy. Uh, and so meanwhile, another guy is um, like noticing that things are happening outside. Uh, he can tell that like the security team is thinner <laughs> than it had been. AKA there's an abandoned like. AKA none of them are there yeah. anymore. They're all gone. The lawnmower is just standing there. He looks and it looks like somebody's lifeless in a truck rather than taking a nap. And just as he noticed that notices this and he's on the radio and he's calling for it sounds like he's calling for a guy named Gaines is what it sounds like. Um, but if that's what he's saying, it's purely coincidental. Uh, and it's one of those like the show should not give people the same name type <laughs> of deal, especially when it was the name of a prominent villain who's only like three hours deceased um, or I misheard it but either you know way. What? It, there, sometimes there's a coincidence as he's radioing it's not great for fiction as he's radioing <laughs> as he's radioing this guy um the assassin emerges from the closet there's like a broom closet right next to him so he's already in the house and he has like this little harpoon handgun yeah it's and like so a he moby shoots, dick moment and so, so, he, <laughs> so he moby dicks this guy in the neck that with this so little painful. harpoon gun yeah um but it's hilarious it's like why did you use the harpoon gun? He's like, I thought it would be quieter. It's like, like, I guess maybe, but you look weird as hell shooting this dude with this little harpoon gun. I don't know. This is what they hire me for. I'm very creative. Listen, it's 2001, okay? Yeah, he's very defensive about the harpoon gun. Anyway, and then we cut to commercial. And remembering that all of this takes place in real time, and the space in between commercials, presumably this is where the bathroom breaks take place, but this is where the show is continuing on. It's about a four and a half minute stretch of time. This guy, who only has one CTU agent left to kill, 
has been in the house now for however long he was in the broom closet for, and now the at least four and a half minutes uh, following uh, when uh, he just uh, shot this guy. Uh, and it takes that long until he makes his final move uh, on Paulson. So that's the real-time journey of 24 for you, though, folks. Uh, Terry's, like, falling asleep. The Like, the, the eerie music is happening. Yeah, that's the problem. That uh, music kicked back in. It's very jarring. Yeah, Josh was like, what? And I was yeah. like, the music, man. It's a, it's what? It's what? Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's that it's, um, it's foreshadowing some discomfort to come, you know? Well, you know what? Uh, we didn't hear it again when freaking Terry lost her mind. Anyway, she's so tired. They want to take a little break. Um, Paulson goes to drink some coffee and then he starts to figure out that something is wrong. Uh, and so he like leads Terry and Kim like deeper into the safe house towards safety. Um, Okay. What's Can we up? talk about this for a second? Yeah, of course. If you're in a safe house. Yeah. And you have like seconds to get people to a safer place within the safe house. Would you not have secret passages for them to go into in a room? I would. Um, uh, I would. You know what I mean? Yeah, Rather than being like, here, right. barricade yeah, yeah, yourself yeah, yeah, into yeah, this yeah, like yeah. one bedroom and like hope that no one comes in. Is Here's like the lock. Room, and it's something. the same lock you would have in a normal house where you just like push the little button in the center of the doorknob. CTU seems underfunded is the point here, Emily. Uh, don't think so. Um, you know what I mean? I do. I do know what you mean. Like he could be like, hey, go into the second yes. closet. Yeah. But the, the, the door open. I don't know. Em, it's, two, it's the early 2000s. You know, people have like... been making false walls for hundreds of years. <laughs> I refuse to believe. It's just a fantastic line. Um, <laughs> anyway, so he like he puts them in just a regular room. Yeah. Uh, and it's then, stupid. And they then should have more. He tries to shoot the guy with the spear gun. And then the guy who cracked you up earlier in the episode, the picture of this dude who just like, like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Steve. Uh, he comes from behind. And it turns out Steve's dangerous. He stabs uh, Paulson from behind. Um, Terry and Kim book it to a car i mean i don't know how they knew to just do that um because they i don't well, know they heard the scuffle they're not gonna wait around their spider sense is tingling because of everything i was proud been of through. them for being able to get out of here they're proactive yeah like, yeah that made me feel good that at least they didn't like stay holed up in that room correct but also it feels like they're moving like 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 cold molasses is that the word i don't is know is that the saying does molasses you don't want to deal with that when cold it's cold molasses when it's cold it's My already pretty this. i think molasses on its own is pretty slow you're going slow as cold molasses well, that's really slow that's what my dad says um, um that's what it felt like for them getting out of that garage and driving down the street because the fact that okay so the two assassins are able to hear them leave even though uh, Paulson's still alive, yeah, he shoots. He shoots the rando guy. Yeah, and then the other guy gets the one into with a the car. Harpoon is yeah. able to come around the corner, still shoot at their car yeah. driving away. <laughs> yeah, and that like is a tell, right? Yeah. Like before, like they kidnapped Kim and Terry. This guy's like shooting to kill them. Yeah. Uh, so the the heat has been uh, has been turned. Yeah, up. Yeah, but I'm like Terry. I know you're driving like a Crown Vic or something yes. like that, but like really gun it. Like, put your foot to the bottom of that Okay, car. well, she does. We'll get there in a Let second. Let me just tell you, Josh, if there's ever a shootout and you and I need to get away quickly, I will be the driver and I will get us out of that situation. Sounds great, Emily. I hope we never get into that situation. But if me we do, too. I'll for sure remember to tell you. Um, <laughs> Jack this makes me mad. Uh, Jack is going to learn the news from Milo at this point that, yes, Bob Ellis is dead in the men's room in the French Quarter. <laughs> Uh, the one, 
and only men's room in the French like, Quarter. No one of thought New to just edit it, being like, yes. "Oh, at a dive bar in the French it's so Quarter." Great. It's like, so great. It's so great. Like no. So it, I believe this is the last time we uh, deal with New Orleans in the entire run of twenty four, and that sucks. Can you say it the right way? Uh, New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans. Yes. Uh, so Nina shows up, and Jack's like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> He's like, "Well, I don't want to tell you how Terry kicked me out because it was very uncomfortable." Anyway, I'm sure everything's fine. Cut to the car chase. Uh, where it is decidedly not fine. And she was in this neighborhood, and then for whatever reason, she left the neighborhood, and now she's on a mountain road. Uh, so I believe she is going through the canyon. Uh, and as she is going through the canyon, uh, she manages to do this, like, killer, like, swerve move. But it's not. She does, like, a really sweet U-turn, no? What? She pops a Yui, uh, and she goes into this, like, secret little road, and... <laughs> And the assassin drives past. He totally misses her he, really he great. He totally Yui. misses the obvious dust path. He that misses she like yes. with the car. Yeah, and he also like didn't hear the Looney Tunes sound effects of the car like <laughs> doing the swerve. Uh, and so he keeps going, and uh, Terry like hops out of the car and like looks at Kim and goes, "You stay in the car. I'm gonna go look yeah. and make sure." And Kim's me and like, my suede jacket on a nice hot day. Kim's like, "Are you sure you're just gonna leave me here?" And Terry's like, "Totally fine. Everything's gonna be a oh god." As the car rolls down the hill, because Terry parked it like a weirdo, parked it like a psycho, as we would well, say on Mole it Patrol. Was, it was on the edge, very precariously on the edge, and it's in park. And if, the car. If there's one thing we know about down. Los Angeles and a canyon. Yes. A uh, lot of loose dirt. Carl, could go the, down. the car rolls down the hill with Kim inside of it, with Terry helpless but to watch as we watch from Terry's vantage point. Flames. The car explode into a huge fireball. Flames. And Emily Fox starts cackling. Uh, you say at this moment, I'm sorry, what? Excuse me? Uh, is what you were saying as the fireball is erupting. Yeah, that sounds right. And then when Terry Bauer passes out, uh, you cackled like Bradley Whitford does in Billy Madison, uh, <laughs> like a jackal. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was great to watch the moment. And I should have filmed it, and I didn't. Uh, the moment, Emily Fox, where you watched uh, that happen. You would have seen me with my black eye. Oh, laughing. yeah. It's looking great. Thanks. It, almost there. <laughs> We're almost there. We're so close. That sounds so convincing. We're so close. Almost there. Uh, you had intimate contact with the car last <laughs> week. Uh, you're, still, <laughs> you're still just getting past that. I don't want you to say that. Okay. Well, I said it. I won't say it again. Oh. Um, at That's like my strange addiction. At 3.52, uh, Keith meets Carl at Griffith Park and like just keeps like being like... I can't believe we haven't even gotten to this part yet. This is the end of the episode, basically. Okay, so Ke right. Keith like uh, meets Carl at Griffith Park and he's, like, and he's like, so you killed Dr. Baragama, right? Right, right. And Carl keeps being like, why do you keep asking me that and why are you leaning in with your shirt? Uh, Listen, and, I didn't pick up on that until the very end. Yes, it turns out that Keith uh, has met up with <laughs> Carl so as to get Carl to admit to wrongdoing <laughs> in the Dr. Ferragamo situation, and Keith records the entire conversation. So good on you, and Keith Palmer. And plays it back within 10 seconds of Carl saying goodbye. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious. Like, Carl could definitely hear that and be like, Wait, what was that? Did yeah. you record the yeah. whole conversation? Did you just record that whole thing? No, he doesn't get that. Like, so Keith has a tape. Keith takes his talk boy out and yeah. he's like, listen. Yeah. Uh, Keith uh, takes out the talk boy. <laughs> but, 
Uh, what what did the commercial say? Um, Hi, kids, we're home early. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and then there's one part in the Talkboy commercial where he records, kiss me, sugar, I'm a prince, and then puts it by a frog, and it goes, kiss me, sugar, I'm a prince. The Talkboy never really did anything quite that cool, I have to be honest. I really, really wanted one. Oh, the Talkboy was like a great novelty, but it was actually a, not great. I had a great friend who at the time had one. Talkboy was overrated. And I remember being like, you should come over and hang out with me because you have a Talkboy. Talkboy was great uh, marketing, and that's about it. Do you it. remember the Yak back? Of course I remember the Yak back. So Terry Bauer wakes <laughs> up, uh, and Emily fully calls that she has amnesia. Uh, Emily goes, what, does she have amnesia now? <laughs> I'm like, well... <laughs> And then you were silent for the next 30 <laughs> seconds. And I was like, unbelievable. Because the music is very eerie. And then a car pulls over and it's Paula Peretti. Paul Perrette? Uh, I think it's Peretti. From uh, NCIS. What if it's Peretti? Uh, and she has blonde hair instead of the black hair. And she says, hey, what's going on? What happened? Are you okay? What's your name? And Terry Bauer says, I don't know. And she has just like this little like brown stain from falling on the yes. road. So the Meanwhile, <laughs> the freaking guy yeah he drives the past them around. yeah and he misses them yeah yeah he totally passes them so now he's without a lead and the freaking kim yeah survived the crash yes kim has survived the crash she is fine Kimberly. kim is uh, i have in my notes to describe the entire ending is that kim is obviously totally fine yeah uh and uh you were like laughing pretty hard that like the reveal is that like kim didn't even explode in the car so well, what is going on here's anymore? what i said i go she was perfectly launched from the car. <laughs> yes, she was. She has like what? A dirty arm from yeah. hitting the side. She's covered in flammable material. Like not only like what she's wearing, but yes. also like covered in like dry grass. Yes. But that didn't catch fire. No. She's so far from the actual crash when she looks back at it and starts to climb back up the hill. Correct. Completely inconceivable. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. She's alive. Uh, she's alive. She's at the crash site. Thankfully, Terry she Bauer ha- has amnesia. Yeah. Terry does not remember things. She's yeah. in the car with a stranger. <laughs> and that is where we leave this episode of 24. Uh, a monumental moment in uh, certainly season one of 24 history. And I would argue uh, 24 history. The A minus is understandable on your scale, Emily, where like an A minus is the worst it can be. It seems like so far. Uh, I understand it. Um, You'll just have to wait and see how the rest of this uh, story plays itself out. You know, I guess so. Like you're just, (laughs) we're just gonna have to find out. Um, Yeah. That's the episode. Do you got anything else you had to say about it? I think I've said enough. I think I've said enough. Okay. Well, that is, uh, that's worst day ever this week. Longer episode. We were off the clock next week. We are back on the clock. Heads up. We may be like a day or two later next week is my suspicion. So, uh, if it comes around, it's a Monday and that's when you used to get in worst day ever and it doesn't show up in your feed. Don't panic. You may just need like a Tuesday could be as late as a Wednesday, uh, but no later than a Wednesday. We will be back with episode 17. Um, keep the conversation going. Of course, if you've got feedback for worst day ever about 24, you can email me, Josh at postshowrecaps.com. Follow Emily on Twitter at Emily, but, uh, don't, uh, tweet her anything 24 spoilery. Try and stay safe. Emily. 
I do. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do here. I'm in the safe house. Uh, you're in the safe with house. With my normal lock. That's where you are. In a normal room. I'm at Round Howard. Of course, you can talk to both of us in the Post Show Recaps patron Discord, should you choose to sign up, patreon.com slash Recaps. what you really thought you were going to get out of an extended 24 podcast without me mentioning the Post Show Recaps Patreon program. It exists. You should look into it, patreon.com slash Recaps. Emily Fox. Yes. We'll be back next week talking episode 17. Ooh. 24 here on worst day ever this far my gosh we're getting so close are you excited who am i <laughs> where am i how did i get here um a, <laughs> a mystery to answer next week <laughs> on the podcast we'll be back then take care everybody bye, bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.